anybody who's listened to an edition of the Brian Oak Show podcast, which you're doing right now, if you're hearing this in the last month and a half, I, uh, I've always been a fan of loungy music, instrumental music. I'm not a deep jazz guy, but, you know, jazz-influenced pop with sort of gorgeous vocals and incredible production, somewhat exotic or international instrumentality. I've always been a fan, but it, it, for whatever reason, in the last three, four, five months, maybe during the darkest days of my personal COVID experience, I've fallen back in love, and it's all I'm listening to anymore, <laughs> up to and including Sergio Mendez, which for people who are like, what the hell is he talking about right now? It's a good <laughs> entry point. Sergio Mendez is about as safe and commercial as you're going to get when it comes to that stuff. And if you start to get into it and you're like, now I need something stronger. I need something better. Feel free to email me, brianoak at gmail.com, and I will I'll hook you up with the good stuff. If all I right? ever I, get into spy work, I want that song well, see, and that's the problem. Is like, so that song right there was actually on an Austin Powers soundtrack, yeah. but Sergio Mendez and Brazil '66 yeah. were a thing. I don't know, thirty-five years before yeah. Austin Powers ever came around. Many years before Austin Powers came around, and there's so much good stuff in that vein, and stuff I haven't even found yet, which is kind of why I've been doing digging lately. It's fun to have a musical project. My name is Brian Oak, and it is episode what is it, one forty-seven of the Brian Oak Whew. Show. 147 of these things under our belt so far. Didn't we just start this like a year and a half ago? The average podcast lasts nine episodes, and people are like, this sucks. <laughs> well, and I think there are probably plenty of people who still say, this sucks. But <laughs> so far, we've persevered, and we're 140 episodes in. I am Brian Oak. That is Sean Bernard. Sean, how's your day today? My day is good. It was a busy real estate day today, and I had to deal with photographers who got me my photos two and a half hours late, which meant that I had to go and rush hour traffic right before this to Roseville and then back here again. But thankfully, it, it all worked out. You know you can send photos over the internet now, right? I do. Unfortunately, I have to print brochures oh, and bring them right. to the location and then make them fancy. And I thought you maybe went to one of those little, like, you remember those little photo mat booths that were out in the middle oh, of yeah. a parking lot oh, by yeah. Red Owl or Zara's yeah. Shopper City, you yeah. know, and you went out there and you dropped your rolls of film off and you came back later for them. Nothing like that, huh? There was always a guy that probably got fired from the funeral home to work at the Super 8 film development place. They just kind of were creepy. They were creepy people. Oh, and you knew they were looking at your pictures. Yes, you were. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. They just kind of, they have that nervous laugh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, and then a lot of them moved on to work at mom-and-pop video shops after that. Uh, you know, I've had a very interesting day. I have, yeah. I've had a challenging, interesting, fascinating, mind-boggling day, most of which I'm not at liberty to talk about, and I hate saying things like that because that's yeah. like people who vague book on Facebook, right? Yes. They're like, oh, my God, I can't believe it, and that's all they write, and you're like, I know, I hate well, and I hate it, too, but unfortunately circumstance dictates that I want to share how enthusiastic and wonderful I feel about today, but most of it I can't share, but I want to share one small part of it before we get to today's guest. <laughs> um, this morning I woke up and I drove over to a completely industrial rail yard, grain elevator, nowhere place that also happened to have one of the outbuildings of uh, M Health Fairview, where yeah. I got in line, I went inside, and I got my first vaccine shot this morning. And Excellent news. I got to be honest, man, because I hadn't really been, I, I have friends who've been jealous about it and who've been weird about it. And like, who are all these other young people and people that aren't essential getting it? How come I don't have it yet? I never really had that bitterness, 
but I've wanted to get it, and yeah. I've tried. I've signed up a bunch of places, and I happened to get myself an appointment, and I went in, and as I parked, I had almost a giddy feeling like I was going into a... Um, I don't know, like an amusement park or something. Like I, I had this <laughs> unexplained sense of, oh my god! And I, I'm sure part of it is the you know the last year plus that we've all had to deal with, and the trauma, and the death, and the loss, and the lockdown, and the loss of live music, and the loss of our freedom, and the just everything that goes along with COVID, which you can't just paint in that broad a stroke because it's heavy, right? And it's subtle, and and it's it, it works in different ways for different people. But I suddenly felt this ebullience. As I was wandering across the wet, gray parking lot into the door, and I walked in, and it was super organized. They're like, please go this way and fill out this paperwork. And I filled it out. It was very quick and easy. Come this way. Have you a couple of quick questions? Please come over here. And I walked up, and they're like, and literally of the 15 stations that were doing the shots, mine was the one right there. And I sat down next to this lovely woman whose name I will not remember because we only shared names once. Anyway, she's a nurse, and as we were getting started, and she was just asking me a few basic questions and getting ready to put the injection in my arm, I asked her, I'm like, this must be wonderful, because as I looked around, even though everyone's masked up, you can see the light in people's eyes. They're, they're happy. You it's can a see happy the, place. the smile in their yeah. eyes. Everyone who comes in there is like, yes, yes, yes. And I, so I looked at her, I'm like, it must be wonderful to have so many excited, happy people coming in to sit down next to you every day. And she looked at me, and she's like, Brian, I'm an ICU nurse. So the vast oh. majority of my day is is trauma, is sadness, mm. is is heaviness, but it's what I signed up for, right? Like, she wasn't mad about that or bitter about it, but she did say that this was a lovely respite. Like, even when it's a 12-hour day, yeah. she didn't really mind because literally every person that sat down next to her was happy and giddy and fun and light and... You know, there wasn't anybody bitching about the fact they had to wait too long or bitching about the fact they had to be there or or something much more horrific like she, uh, that you might encounter. And um, and then I got my shot. It was over. I sat there for 15 minutes to make sure I didn't have a severe allergic reaction. And I have to admit, so I'm on Team Pfizer. I don't know where you're at. Oh, yeah. We're on the P squad. Okay. <laughs> it's the P squad, the you, M squad, and the J&J club. The one and done club. Yeah, the one and done. The star-bellied sneeches. My mom is a star-bellied sneech. Yeah. She got the one. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, uh, and if you don't know what star-bellied sneeches are, look it up. It's a Dr. Seuss that hasn't been canceled yet, so it's a good story, and it's an important lesson for all of us. I was told there might be soreness. I was told there might be weird after effects yeah. after the first one. I've heard more often it happens after the second one. I have no soreness. I don't feel nauseous. I don't have a headache. But I will be honest that I feel like my head is inside of a balloon that's inside of another balloon, like more than it usually is. I don't really <laughs> feel like I'm in this room right now. Really? So advanced apologies to you and to our guest, Leslie, who we'll be talking to very shortly here. I'm going to try to stay focused, but we... I could just Are float we away. Here, Brian? I don't know. Are don't don't ask important questions like that. Don't ask big questions like that. I just wanted to say that I feel good today, and today was a weird day of wonderful adventure, and the adventure continues. We're going to be talking to one half of a local music duo who have their debut album on the way, and this is exciting. I've interviewed so many musicians over the course of my adult life and my career, and the debut album is a thing that you know, you toil over it. You've literally spent your entire life up until this point working on it, and suddenly it's just a week or two away. It's exciting. It's terrifying. 
And I think it's wondrous. And we'll find out exactly what it is when we talk to Leslie Vincent of the Champagne Drops just ahead right here on The Brian Oak Show. But because I'm in such an outrageously good (laughs) and distant and bizarre mood, it's weird. I haven't felt this giddy since I've gotten sober. I, I, I feel... I have a weird, tingly feeling today, so hopefully I don't have an aneurysm from my vaccine. I don't think that's going to happen, but I do feel good today, and I wanted to play a song that reflects that. Here's a little Rare Earth on The Brian Oak Show.
And you know what? It doesn't matter if you reach the mountaintop, right? Anticipation, <laughs> the journey. I'm serious about this. I know. Anticipation, the journey. I don't think there is a destination. I think it's constantly swimming upstream. I think it's constantly fighting for something you love. I think it's occasionally getting punched right in the fucking gut and then kneed in the teeth. <laughs> but then like you roll over in the mud and you lay there for a minute, you cry, you spit out your bloody chiclets, and then you get back up and you keep doing it. That's the whole point. That's where the joy comes from. That's where the, the thing is. There isn't a final destination. There isn't a brass ring. So that's why I love that song very much by Rare Earth. I just want to celebrate. It is the Brian Oak Show made possible by Smart Start MN. Smart Start MN is Minnesota's original ignition interlock company. What they do is put a device in your car that allows you to drive again once you've lost your driving privileges. How did you lose your driving privileges? Well, you were drinking and driving. And even if you were only accused of drinking and driving and have not yet been convicted, you're still going to lose your license. And you're going to find out very quickly, even in an era of lockdown and pandemic, just how badly you need to drive. We all need to drive. They can get you back in your car safely, legally, legally and very affordably. They worked with the state to set this program up. The state has to give you your license back if you follow the protocol. And nobody does it better than Smart Start MN. And they're making it even more affordable for Brian Oak Show listeners. Just you don't go say. to smartstartmn.com slash the Brian Oak Show. They'll give you 20% off the installation of the ignition interlock. It's totally worth exploring should you find yourself in that rather peculiar and unfortunate situation. I want to say hello to our guest because we've made her wait more than long enough so far. Uh, her name is Leslie Vincent. Hi, Leslie. Hi, Brian. Hi. Good to see you, by the way. It's good to see you, too. You know, it's weird. On social media, I know, you know, I'm using air quotes right now, so many people, and I get to follow people's careers or their paths or their interests or their memes or whatever they're up to. I mean, seriously, that's what it's like. Right. You know, it says that I have thirty four hundred friends on Facebook. I'm lucky if I have thirty four actual friends in real life. It's probably less than that. But it's still fun to to be a part of a community. Right. Like, I mean, you you eventually learn to cut the toxic people out and you follow the fun stuff. You follow the creative stuff. You listen to songs. You watch videos. You watch dance, whatever the case may be. Leslie, you are part of a duo along with Emily. Is it Dussault? Do so. Do so. Oh, she, the proper French pronunciation. Oui, oui, oui. Oh, man. Oui. <laughs> oh, my petit shoe. Um, along with Emily Dussault, you are musical partners in a project called The Champagne Drops. Now, before we get into talking about your music and the fact that you have your first ever album on the way, in very short response, are you excited? I'm very excited. Yeah, I bet you are because, I mean, that's the whole thing. Ah! <laughs> and then the pressure comes in, the big contracts, the mansions. <laughs> Sports cars, yeah. Well, <laughs> you say that now. All right, just wait until until the help all quits because they want to unionize. Um, before we get there, though, I want to know about you, Leslie. Leslie, where are you from? Oh, geez, people ask me that all the time, and I never have a good answer. Well, I mean, it. it there's only. I mean, you were born somewhere. Ah, uh, yeah. I was I was born in Newport, Rhode Island. Okay. Um, left before I was two, and then spent my upbringing traveling around. Uh, with a, a father in the military. Okay. So just kind of hanging out, went to school in D.C., and then moved out here on a lark and never left. 
Okay, well, and so I was born in Oregon, lived there till I was two. My parents moved here right away. But moving around the country, I've talked to lots of people. I don't really necessarily love the term military brat, but I mean, having to move around a lot from a mil- in a military family, I think there are wonderful things about that, mm-hmm. and I think there are things that probably suck out loud about oh, that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> one is never getting to settle down, or as soon as you feel comfortable, yoink, you're moved again. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure that part is terrible, but it does force you to, at least in the number of people I've talk to about it it does force a certain amount of independence and and self-reliance right Yep, absolutely is that fair and mm-hmm. and so at what point does creativity creep in at what point do you decide i'm going to be a theater person and i'm going to make music how does that come into leslie vincent's life so you know i moved around a lot as a kid um and uh when we moved we lived overseas we lived in the uk for a while moved back to the states and i had a lot of trouble fitting in uh, mostly because I was very snooty, and oh. I thought I was much better than my class. Now, because you had lived in the UK, or what? Yeah. Why, why did you? Yeah, because think- I lived in the UK, and I felt very cultured. And what? we moved to a small farm town in Maryland. Uh, you know, there bunch was of a, shit heels, yeah, right? Little culture clash. <laughs> and my parents, in an, you know, I was always singing and dancing as a kid, right? Since I was really little. Like, what kind of dance, if you don't mind me asking? Because I don't know a lot of dancers. Like, tap dancing? I mean, you were in the UK. Was it a lot of Moorish dancing? What, what um, are we talking about? I, I guess I just meant sort of like bopping oh, around my house. grooving. I see. Forcing anyone to watch me perform. I see. Got it. Um, but you were a born performer from an early absolutely, age. Absolutely, yeah. Okay, very All good. of my family stories are just me begging people to watch me singing. And right. groove. Um, <laughs> oh, good. Oh, good. Leslie has a song for us at Thanksgiving. Everybody gather around. <laughs> yeah, my favorite of these stories is I, I formed a girl group in in middle school, um, but I didn't actually sing. I just, I lip synced Britney Spears and then forced my girlfriends to dance around me. And we went and did it in the talent show. Did you have a name for this girl group? Yeah, I really don't want to say it. Say it. We were the sisters. Yeah, you were. <laughs> now, was Sisters, I, I, obviously there's not an R at the end of it. Did it end with an S or a Z? Uh, an S. An S. Okay, well, then it's was not it as bad. A-H? Like, no, a- just A-S. Then, okay. then, so, S-I-S-A-S. It's not as bad as it could have been. Thank if it had you. ended with a Z, it could have been much worse. And you know what? I, I don't normally pressure people to share things <laughs> they don't want to, but I knew it was going to be worth it. So you and the Sisters, uh, short-lived, short-lived uh, I'm assuming. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay, very good. And at some point, though, you're moving around and... Do you become serious about either theater or music before you end up in the Twin Cities? Yeah. So I, uh, in an effort to help me make friends, my parents suggested I start theater camp, uh, which I I did and just absolutely changed my life. I made best friends who are still Mm. in my life today um, and started to sing more musical theater and and felt like, okay, this is something I love. It's something I want to do. And from there, I went back into high school and you know, cliche story, did all the plays and choir and Same, by the way. I mean, my wife's a choir instructor and I was in all the plays too. So where are you, when you go to theater camp, where are we? Where in the country are we? Um, I'm living in New Hampshire, but traveling to, um, or I'm living in Maryland, traveling to New Hampshire where my grandparents are. And again, I don't want to derail your story because I do want to move fast forward to going through high school, doing the plays and everything. Do you remember the first juicy role you got that was not simply being a member of the chorus, uh, not simply being an extra, like the the first role, not that it had to be even a lead role, but the first role that you were like, fucking got this. (laughs) Um, 
All my roles kind of sucked, to be honest. You never got a role that you loved, even through high school, getting into musical theater? In in high school, I played um, Chava in Fiddler on the Roof. Okay, that doesn't suck. There's Uh, a lot, I mean, there's a lot to do there. There's some stuff to do there, for sure. Um, Yeah, no, I had a great time. Yeah. I loved it. I, um, this will come as a surprise to some people, because I'm not really much of a nerd, Uh, but my very first truly amazing high school musical role was... Merlin in a musical production of Camelot. Aww. Now, the bummer is, despite my rich, sonorous baritone that I brought to the <laughs> table, uh, Merlin doesn't have a number mm-hmm. in that. He, now, he's sort of the defining character of the first, I don't know, one-eighth of that production, but he doesn't have a song. No. And so the rest of the play, I was in the chorus. I was Sir Sagramore in green tights. But I'm going to tell you right now, say what you will about my misshapen figure. I filled out a set of tights nice in 1984. So you go to high school. At what point? So where are you at when you go to high school? Maryland. You're still in Maryland. Still hanging out in Maryland. So you're still out on the East Coast. You're Mm -hmm. in New England. What happens that you end up here in the cornfields? Yeah. So long story short, uh, graduated college. I got a degree in music with a concentration in musical theater. And... uh, Went to UPDAs. UPDAs is the Unified Professional Theater Auditions. They happen in uh, Nashville. Went there and met uh, a local, um, to hear, um, comedian, writer, Heather Meyer, mm-hmm. who at the time worked for the National Theater for Children. We, I auditioned for her. We met. We had so much fun. Got cast. And then came out here. Um, they do tours all around the country for children. And when I came out here, I just fell in love. I just fell in love with the dude and we spent, um, we didn't tour together, but we toured in the same state. We toured in North and South Carolina. And so we just met up on the weekends and I came back home and said, y'all, I'm going to move to Minnesota. Wild. I know. How long ago was that? Uh, That was 2013. Okay. All right. All right. Very good. Yeah. So then you decide to move here. Yep. I See, I love to find out people's stories. To me, the whole point of doing this podcast is not only to hear music and and learn about creativity and the creative process, but like to me, that's fascinating. That's a cool story. There's a lot in there I like, and there, I know there's more to unpack, but before we go any further, I think it's important that people hear something of what you're doing in this day and age. Um, we'll talk more about the, the how champagne drops were fomented where it started how you and emily came together coming up just ahead but right now we've gone too far into this podcast with another song and we're going to hear one called rich pie which i read about online i will not try to explain or mansplain anything about it but i know that it's a, a poem you found online and it's by a young person and it's beautiful mm-hmm. tell me about tell me about rich pie and let's go let's go ahead and hear it we just, we found this poem online and we, we set it to music a number of years ago. And for me, it's so special because Emily has since become a mom. And you'll hear in the song, there's some reference to becoming a, a mother. And every time I sing it, I get a little choked up at that part because I, I think when you hear the lyrics, it'll make sense. But we just, we're both very strong feminists and really believe in that. And the song speaks to it in such a beautiful way. So if you're not familiar, uh, it's. It's from the internet, literally just ripped from the internet uh, that, that it's written by a third grader. And the, the words are so pure and so sweet and so straightforward in a way that only kids can do. Mm-hmm. 
sugar and spice and everything nice. I am not sugar and spice and everything nice. I am music. I am art. I am a story. I do not mind being considered beautiful. I do not allow that to be my definition. I'm a church called Rich Pine. It is going to be one of a good number of selections on a brand new full length coming out in, well, let me do a little math in my head. Just over a week. Is it a week from tomorrow that your new album comes out? Yeah. That's amazing. Tell me the name of the new record. Uh, So it's called Side by Side. Mm -hmm. And that's because it's you and your partner in crime, your cohort, Emily Dusson. Dusson. Oh, I like that. I took five years of French, so I can't understand it or speak it, but I've got the accent down. Nailed it. Mm. So I proud. like that very much. Before, we, well, Look, man, I'm having a good day. Let me hang on to these little moments. <laughs> no, right? I, I love it. I'm not saying I, I have it. a fancy car. I'm not saying I have a big house. I'm not saying that I, I cured cancer. I'm just saying I can hit that LT like nobody's business. Well, I have a wife who was a French teacher, so the only reason why it irritates me just a little bit yeah. is this one word. I'll be like, hey, are we going to have some croissants? And, um, croissant? 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 <laughs> croissant? Yeah, well. And, and like, I will try you don't to like say, that? oh, it drives me. Croissant? Like, oh, just the back of the hair on the back of my <laughs> neck stands up because oh. I just can't ask for it. Mais oui. <laughs> Un croissant. Yeah. Uh, speaking of, uh, the guy who's... Wife is a French teacher. Is Sean Bernard? Sean Bernard is not only my friend, my cohort, my partner. I was going to say in crime, but we're actually legal business partners. We're not we actually getting away with anything right now, are not we? Not as far as we know. Okay, no, no federal crime, nothing no, like that. Never, never. You know, although this studio, the Smart Start MN studio, if we decided to start doing counterfeiting, we could fit a Gutenberg right over there. I mean, we could really, we wow. could. Huh. 
I'm just thinking out loud. I'm whiteboarding right now, okay? <laughs> don't, don't judge me, Leslie. Just, I'm thinking out loud. I'm freestyling right now. <laughs> It'll never come to pass, but just something to chew on, Sean. Sean, in the meantime, also has another legal uh, side hustle. Actually, probably his main hustle. He's a realtor by trade for Edina Realty, the 50th in France location. And as you mentioned earlier, it's already back to the grind. You, Your days are consumed. It's go time. It is go time. So we have a new listing at 1799 Rose Place in Roseville. It's actually a home that's under 300000 So wow. it's at 285 right now, three bedroom, one bath. Uh, it was mom's place for uh-huh. many, many years. And then the... Uh, mom went uh, to assisted living, and uh, son and uh, daughter decided to fix it up and get it ready for market. So it will be on the market tomorrow. If you don't have a realtor, you want to go see it, give me a call, 612-859-2594. And a reminder that this year I'm doing something new uh, is because the warming house is not open right now. I'm donating a portion of every sale to an area musician. So whether you're on the buy side or the sell side or both, I'm donating a portion of every sale to local musicians to help them make more music. So 612-859-2594. That number is textable. Sorry, I got caught up in those deep blue eyes and that wonderful story you were telling. What are you doing later? (laughs) Nothing (laughs) with anybody. Going home and laying on the couch with my cat. Leslie Vincent is one half of the Champagne Drops. They are a Twin Cities duo who have played quite a bit. They do regular gigs. They do corporate gigs. They play all over the place. And would it be safe to say that you are uke-based? Yes, we're uke-based. You both play ukulele. Now, that is not something that's never happened before there is a band called what are they called garfunkel and oats mm-hmm. is that them mm-hmm. now they're particularly bawdy yeah. if you will um <laughs> and also even locally there's another band that is at least very uke centric if not uke reliant uh dirty curls oh yeah yeah which i have a good Huge friend who, dirty curls fan okay yep, well, me and too. dirty curls i mean again not afraid to Call them like they see them. Yeah. Um, so- Actually, fun fact: when I was talking about that that tour I went on, yeah. I found love. Uh-huh. My tour partner's partner was Sam Veldhaus. Who was in Dirty Curls? You don't say. So before I moved here, she taught me all these Dirty Curls songs. Uh-huh. Past time, so I knew them. And then I moved here, and I would go to the shows and sing along. And Courtney was like, "How do you know all this?" And I was like, "Courtney um- McLean's a friend of mine, as well as Samantha Baker Harris, who's." I love well. all of them. Two you, degrees of separation. You theater types. No, not even two degrees. No, you're all in the same yeah. theater troupe. You're all like in a weird gypsy <laughs> caravan being drawn around by large horses across the countryside, putting up your weird little traveling road show. That's exactly what it's like. It's exactly it. Don't you kind of <laughs> wish, though, that it was like that? A little bit. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> I really like my cozy blankets and yes. heat, A shower occasionally. Love it. Yeah. yeah, no, I'm with you. A hot shower. I refuse to leave the house without taking a hot shower. <laughs> That's It's one thing I will not do is inflict unwashed Brian on the world. And so if you're ever like, what has that guy ever done? Just know that every day... <laughs> Not all heroes wear capes, okay? That <laughs> at least once a day I take a hot shower because every, my fellow people deserve that very much. So let's talk about the champagne drops. How do you, where do you first meet Emily? Yeah, so Emily and I were cast together in a show uh, in 2016. So we were cast in a show called June with the Umbrella Collective. Uh, and the plot of June was two women falling in love, pre Stonewall era, lesbian nightclub. Uh, and it was, a wild experience is where I met my now fiance, most of my best friends. Just sometimes you do a show and the whole cast just falls in love with each other. Right. So she and I became good friends. Um, 
and just started hanging out. And then one day realized that we both had this love of jazz and this kind of niche appreciation and hadn't really found that with anyone else. And then another friend of ours threw it out one day and said, you should sing jazz for corporate gigs. You should like make a duo and sing for money at, mm. at the holidays. So we thought that sounds great. You know, as theater people are always looking for side hustles. Mm-hmm. So in 2017, Oh, I wish she was here because she would correct all my facts. Uh, she's definitely, <laughs> well, the next time you come yeah. back, you'll bring her with, right? I will, for Okay, sure. all right. Um, but we we made a set and kind of shopped our show around and did a couple gigs. Because um, the funny thing about jazz is that Christmas, everyone remembers jazz. Law, like lawyer, uh, law offices, different corporate groups, they are just, they really want jazz music for their parties. Mm-hmm. They don't want it any other time of the year, but that's the time, so... We did pretty well, got some recurring gigs. And then I really don't know. We just started making music. I think, you know, in the theater world, there's sometimes space for commissions. And people started asking us, you know, can you write a song for this? Could you write a song for that? So some of the songs on the album come from shows where people had specific requests or prompts for us. Um, And then we did a project in 2018 called The Living Room Project which was uh, the two of us and Theo Langison, who's a local musician. Mm. And we spent, gosh, like six months getting together once a week in a little songwriting circle and pushing each other and growing songs. And it cultivated in the warming house. We performed at the warming house. And uh, so Theo's on one of the tracks. And we just, we found that we really love writing together. I think it's, it takes a certain type of friendship that can withstand the honesty and the trust you have to have with writing stuff. Um, and so we're very lucky to have that and have worked through that. And it's a proper relationship. It's, it's not going to be happy times every single no. day. But I mean, well, even like your best friend in the world, think about anybody who's listening. Think about your best friend. I'm thinking about mine. Have we always gotten along? Absolutely not. Mm-hmm. Has it gone dark? Yes, it has. Mm-hmm. But that's the nature of it, right? Any good relationship, any long-term relationship that's worth having can weather those storms. Yeah. And that's great to find, especially if when you're in the good spot, it's a really good spot. Before we go any further, when you talk about jazz, I think for people who don't listen to any jazz or don't have any jazz records, I think jazz is almost too broad an umbrella to call what you do. Obviously, it has elements of jazz in it, but I think there are people who are thinking like John Coltrane, you know, Thelonious Monk. I mean, we're talking more like vocal jazz, right? For sure. I would put it more in the category of, um, you know, we do a lot of holiday music. So right. if you think of like Peggy Lee. Exactly. Um, K-Star, that, that sort of oh, stuff. Oh, I'm so glad you said that name because, so in addition to that kind of like loungy music that I played at the beginning of the show, another thing I collect, uh, if you go back to the 30s vocal jazz, like the Boswell sisters, uh, you know, you go to K-Star, you go to even Sarah Vaughn, um, even Minnesota's own Andrew sisters are extremely amazing, you know, ex- uh, uh, proponents of, of vocal jazz. So that kind of jazz, like some of that hard bop stuff, I'm going to be honest, it loses me. Mm. Vocal jazz, I could listen to all day every day and so this is something you always enjoyed you two fall into it together you start doing it and the other thing i want to mention before we hear another song is my wife is a musician as well as a music educator and i am friends with no shortage of musicians those corporate gigs you could they can be very satisfying gigs but if you are looking to make a living as a musician 
get your ass some corporate gigs Absolutely. because they write a real check. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which, and, and so again, I don't think there's any shame in that at all, by the way. No. Artists should be paid for the work they do. It's just, you know, if you go out and do a show or you play at a pavilion in a public park, it's not a proper paycheck. And you go play at a holiday party for a decent-sized corporation or company, and you're actually getting compensated appropriately for the for the entertainment you're providing. Uh-huh. Yeah. Someone told me recently, and by recently I mean a couple years ago, <laughs> The more you're getting paid, the less people pay attention. And I That's have, corporate gigs. Yeah. Yeah. I found that to be so true. I've made bank. No one cares. Right. No one's listening. Everyone's networking. And I'm just over here, boobity bop, singing, eating hors d'oeuvres. It's the best. It doesn't satisfy my soul, but. Yeah, when you mix oh, it in, well, it's worth it. The universe seeks a balance, though, yeah. right? I mean, like, there are going to be gigs that do satisfy your soul, mm-hmm. where there's 12 people there hanging on every note, and then you're going to be in a giant hotel ballroom that nobody <laughs> cares, standing by some giant tinsel nightmare of a Christmas tree, playing <laughs> your stuff, and nobody's paying. But it's nice to have you there. With, without you there, the atmosphere isn't there. Yes. Let's hear another song by Champagne Drops, shall we? We're going to hear one called Side by Side. Is this about your relationship with Emily, or is this about something else? So this is the only cover on the album. Oh, right. It is a cover. Um, and this is an older, um, jazzier, folkier tune. Uh, but we love to sing it because it's a, a female duet and we are always side by side. And so the lyrics definitely represent our friendship. Oh, we ain't got a barrel of money. Maybe we're ragged and funny. But we'll travel along singing our songs side by side. Don't know what's coming tomorrow. Maybe it's trouble and sorrow. But we'll travel the road sharing our load side by side. Through all kinds of weather, what if the sky should fall? Just Traveling along, singing our song side by side. See that sun in the morning peeking over the hill. I'll bet you sure it always has, and it always will. Well, that's how I feel about someone. And somebody's crazy for me. We're sure.
We'll stop there. Okay. And we're back. It's called Side by Side, another track. And you said the only cover, is that right? The only cover. The only cover you will find on the album, which is in fact entitled Side by Side. Yeah, baby. It's going to be out one uh, one week from tomorrow. So coming out on the 16th, if people want to know more about the Champagne Drops, if they want to book them for an event, private, corporate, mega rock tour, whatever the case <laughs> may be, what's the best place for people to find out, A, about the, about the duo, B, uh, uh, to hear your music, and C, to put a little cash in your direction and actually get their hands on the new yeah, record? That's a great question. So uh, best place to email us, thechampagnedrops at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. And then uh, social media. So we got our Facebook and Instagram pages, just the Champagne Drops. And that's where all the, the good information is. So right now we're releasing the album on Bandcamp. Uh, you know, we're, we're just two local musicians, so trying to um, really get compensated for the work that we've done. Uh, so it's available on Bandcamp, and we're still deciding if we're going to end up streaming it or not. Well, and, and that's entirely up to you. You know, Sean and I, from the first time we did this, and we both had this philosophy long before we started making this podcast, artists should be compensated for mm-hmm. the work that they do. It shouldn't be for free. Mm-hmm. And I, to to that end, I mean, I've also had the privilege of, you know, when I worked in radio, having so much music sent to me, but I've still never stolen a song from online. You know, I mean, I've streamed music, certainly, but I've never... Back in the era when it was very fashionable to just take whatever you felt like from everybody, I couldn't do it. I I couldn't stomach it. Like, I mean, music matters so much to me. I'm not a man of wealthy means at all, but... You know, like you do, you wouldn't walk into the store and be like, "Shit, I want this tie. I'm just taking this thing and and walk out of the store with it," unless you're a you know a piece of human garbage that doesn't abide by the social contract. What if it was a really nice tie and you just couldn't afford? See, it? now there's a difference. If you walk in because your family can't eat and you steal a loaf of bread, I'm not going to snitch on you. If I see you tucking it into your jacket and you look hungry, no, that's cool. But things that, you know, like arts, like, I mean, and I guess that nurtures the soul, too. So maybe I'm a hypocrite. Oh, man, I did not. I really didn't mean to crack open that philosophical egg. But my my point is this. Artists deserve to be compensated. And Mm -hmm. so we like to direct people to the best place for you. And I know that Bandcamp, I don't think they do it every Friday, but on certain Fridays. First Friday of the month. First Friday of the month. Mm -hmm. They waive their fees. Mm -hmm. And so go snatch up all the music that day because everything goes to the artist. And it's still not what you're worth. I mean, it's not like you're getting independently wealthy when people buy your records on Friday (laughs) through Bandcamp, but at least it's more than streaming because you could literally have hundreds of thousands of streams and get Mm $23.10, and that's not enough for an artist, especially when you create stuff. So here we are at your first record. How many years have you put into the songs that appear on Side by Side? The first one, I'm going to say 2018. So, yeah, probably around three years. Years in the works. And I'll say, you know, we didn't really intend to make an album. Um, but so I released my my debut album um, in April. So the pandemic had just started, released my my solo album. And then what's your solo album? My called? solo album is called These Foolish Things. OK, by Leslie Vincent. Well, let's not bury the lead. Sorry. We're here to promote okay, things. Promote I mean, so but, like, don't be don't be shy about letting people know that you've got other things out there. OK, well, I have another thing out there. OK, very good. Um, <laughs> yeah. So that that's very vocal jazz, um, you know, very inspired by um, Sarah Vaughn, Billie Holiday, mm. Ella Fitzgerald, yes, mm. um, Blossom Deary, all those 
folks. Um, so that one, I, I just finished. That one is on Spotify if you want to check it out. Uh, and really, as soon as that project was done, I was ready for a new project. So I texted her and I said, hey, what if we made an album? And we both were talking about this the other day. In our memories, our collective memory, it's a month or two into the pandemic. But when we looked at our text messages, it was five days. It was five days. Like, five days into being locked down, I was like, we should do this. <laughs> and we just started plotting and planning. Right. And over the course of the pandemic, we've really just, we've continued to write. Uh, some of the songs we wrote, um, you know, some of the songs we've never actually sung together. Uh, we wrote separately. And and so, um, yeah, it's just been a really fun year of putting it together and well, it's Making out a week it from tomorrow, and people should check it out. Do you still consider yourself, and by asking this, I mean, will you continue to do it in the future? Are you still a thespian? Are oh, you yes. still interested in theater? I am. I, that's such an interesting question. I mean, I've, I feel so disconnected from it right now because it's not in my life. Well, that's the whole reason I asked yeah. is because much like musicians who get out there and there's that, that biofeedback loop, right? You get up, you play, people lose their minds, you feed off that, it goes back and forth. I know it's the same, even though a crowd for theater is generally not quite as vocal. You can tell when they're holding their breath. You can tell mm -hmm. when you've got them in mm -hmm. your hands. You can tell when you're reaching them and that nurtures you. But you don't get to do that right, right. now. And I mean, how has that been? What's the last oh, year been like? So, I mean, so sad because if, what I keep telling people is like music's pretty easy to make on your own. Right. I can sit in my for I can sit in my house like for a while in the pandemic. I did a live uke show like live stream uke show every Monday and I was learning so many songs and I did an outdoor show last August for the other album. And I've just kept music going. But theater, you have to have other people. And yes, there's Zoom theater and, you know, we've done some readings and things like that, but it's not the same. Mm -mm. And so... Just like it's not the same for all these great Zoom live performances by musicians mm -hmm. that you love, it's lovely to see their faces. It's mm -hmm. great to hear the music and it's a great to have a way to financially support them, but it's not the same for it's anybody. Not the same. It's not. So I don't know. I mean, I, I do intend to keep doing theater when it open bags up. I know Emily does as well. It's such a big part of our identity and our community. But I do find doors in music are so, um, you know, one of the things about theater that we're kind of having a reckoning with right now is it's so old fashioned in its ideas about everything from race, gender, weight, looks, mm -hmm. hair coloring. And in music, there's just not that. And I, I see the other jazz musicians in our town and folk musicians, and they can be any age and they can look any way mm -hmm. and they can thrive and be happy and have these fruitful careers and and I sometimes feel in theater that especially for women there is such an age limit it feels and I'm hoping that we push against that and we start to open that up mm -hmm. but as I think about you know art is so integral to me and I, I have to do it so how long you know I'm just trying to hedge my bets what can I do the longest <laughs> I'm trying to be you know 80 years old on stage so what can I invest in that will help me and I find there's so much agency in music, you know, and in, in theater, I am saying lines that someone else wrote in costumes, someone else picked and, and I have some artistry, but with my music, I can, I'm the leader and I get to curate and I get to make it and I get to listen to it. And, um, 
I've just personally in this past year, I found a lot of joy in that. It's pretty sweet to be your own boss. Mm -hmm. I I mean, again, it also means you're responsible for all of it and you get the bad and the good. Mm -hmm. But it's pretty fucking sweet to be your own boss. It is. That's awesome. Uh, Leslie, before we say goodbye and hear one more song from you, you do intend to continue theater. That in mind, uh, Sean has a rich background in improv. Uh, also, I, I know that I mentioned that I was Merlin in Camelot, but the following year, I was also Pa Carnes in the Coon Rapids High School production of Oklahoma. So I'm just saying that, you know, if you ever find you need someone of advancing age with that rich baritone in a production, don't hesitate to throw my name around a little Perfect. bit, okay? With I local will. directors, producers, we'll that do. sort of thing. In my auditions, I'll let them know you're available. <laughs> I'd open, just open with it. Open with that. Not even can I see, be, can I be seen, can I be heard, just... Are you aware of Brian Oak and his No, no, no. Incredible- I want to make sure that you've secured your place first, but I mean, just don't forget about the little people. Of course not. I'll I keep an eye out for you. That. Actually, that sounds like a nightmare. That's the last thing Will I want to do. Will you also let them know that I was a state champion in speech and theater all three years uh, in high Same. Uh, I also, just, in humorous, uh, please let state them know. champion. Yeah, right here. Yeah. You guys should all meet my fiance. Years. You'll love her. She loves speech and humor. What's her name? Allison Witham. Oh. <gasps> You see, I, mine was mine was That's so awesome. long ago that neither you nor your fiance were born when it happened. <laughs> so, no, mine's mine's part of Lord now, but uh, Lord that occasionally like to bring out that metal, that bronze metal, and just take a look at it. Allison's not from Iowa. No, she? she's from Illinois. Okay, that's good. <laughs> You're making it weird now. Before I'll tell, it gets well, too I, weird. I'm not going to say it on the show. I'll tell you the reason why it's weird afterwards. Okay, oh, great. That was a great moment. <laughs> that was a really great and weird moment, and I feel like that's where we're going to end because <laughs> mm-hmm. what we're, we're actually going to end is we're going to hear one more song by Champagne Drops. They're obviously, I mean, things are slowly but surely returning to normal. You got, you're double vaxxed, right? Double vaxxed. Excellent. Good yeah. for you. Congratulations. Yeah. As all these things keep popping up on social media, I have friends who were jealous, who were bitter. And every time I saw someone getting vaxxed, and I cheered because I'm like, Aww. well, I mean, it, we're, we're one step closer, right? Yep. We're getting there, yes. like, but we're not there yet, no. right? And so when I see people, when I see 1.5 million people traveling last weekend, when I see these giant clusters of people, even in in Hopkins, there's a bar close to the record store I work at where they were having open uh, this big bar night, not one person masked yeah. inside, and all of a sudden they're shut down because of the COVID outbreak. I mean, we're not there yet. The numbers are going back up. So that's why I wanted to ask before we let you go, Champagne Drops, are you even kind of vaguely thinking about planning anything in the not-too-distant future live? That's a great question. So we're going to do a live stream release party uh, next Friday, next Friday night, so you can join us. We have Megan Kreidler from Kiss the Tiger. She's going to come in and do a... Uh, she sat in, the, uh, in that very seat you're sitting she, in before. Oh, she's she a did. Huge, huge role model of mine, right? She's also a theater maker lesbian who fronts a band uh, so she's gonna and come she's on. fearless she oh. is amazing in every regard yes. i'm a huge fan um so she's gonna come in and, and we're gonna do a little interview um during our our release celebration just to talk about that intersection of theater and music and you know if you know uh emily and myself you know we love sparkles and and pink so we're gonna have some of that uh we'll play a couple songs and then she and i are talking about how to do some sort of outdoor show this summer to try and take advantage of that warm weather and celebrate with people in person so uh stay tuned for that all right and again people go where if they want to find you facebook the champagne drops instagram the champagne drops or you can always email us at the champagne drops at gmail.com all right well this has been lovely i would like to invite you back but i would like you to very strongly encourage your other half in the champagne drops uh emily to come and join us next time i certainly will and maybe you guys would 
drag your ukes along and lay a song down for us live? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Okay. Absolutely. Fantastic. Well, we look forward to that. Before we let you go, I do need to thank uh, Smart Start MN. I need to thank Sean Bernard. Thank you, Sean. Well, thank you, Brian. You did good, Sean. More oh, than thank welcome. you. Thank you, Austin. Really nice job. But Only with your encouragement. There's always this... room for improvement, Sean. Let's never forget what? about that. But, but I... Audio Quip is the company that has provided all the lovely sound equipment that we have here in the studio, our computer, the whole shebang. Without them, we would literally be nothing. And if if you are starting to get back out there, getting back out into perhaps doing a devised theater piece, perhaps a TED Talk in your neighborhood in the cul-de-sac, if you need a PA, if you need audio equipment, please contact Nate and his crew at AudioQuip. They are, they're fantastic. They're one-man really show? What's that? A one-man show or one-woman show? Yeah, exactly. Okay. I want one of, Do you think they have those little microphones like the, that I first saw Brittany popularize where I just tape it to the side of my head like a little stage? What I are those called? So. Lavaliers? La- no, lavaliers. Well, yeah, those are on, those are on the, the yeah, but like the ones on the side of your With face little... that you're supposed to not be able to see, but then I can just I've got both my hands free to do things like TED Talk. Then you need to do the Garrison Keeler like exhale through the nose. Never mention his <laughs> name again. <laughs> Sorry. We're gonna wrap this show up. I want to say thank you very much, Leslie. It was nice to hang in. It was so nice to hang too. Good, good to have you here. We'll have you back again sometime along with Emily. The Champagne Drops new record out side by side one week from tomorrow. That would technically be Friday, April 16th. 16th. Friday, April 16th. And you can find them on the Champagne Drops on all the social media outlets. We're going to hear one more song. And as we go out, I would like you to tell me about this song and why you chose it. Yes. So this is Lily of the Valley, and this was actually a commission. So Emily and I write commissions. If you have someone that you want to write a song for, we'll do that. I don't want to interrupt your story, but if I said I would like to hear a song, I would like to have a song, a a vocal jazz song called Frankenstein Drives a Volvo. Oh, baby, I'll write it. Yeah? Oh, yeah. Now I'm inspired. I want to go home and write it right now. What, uh, I mean, like, is that something that, you know, the every person can afford or? Yeah, we, yeah. I mean, we charge 175. Um, so it's a big holiday thing that people have requested or Valentine's Day. Um, we, and it's actually beautiful. We've written some, some really cool, usually romance songs. Um, and I'm not trying to mock it. I just, I just wondered, I mean, like. Are there limits to what you're willing to do is all I was asking. Yeah, Emily wrote them up once, and I can't remember what they are. I think we were like, if like it's just really... no stupid shit? No, it was like, no, if it was like gross, I think. Like, oh, like, okay, we're not all right. You know, stuff, nobody yeah. wants that. But I mean, like, I, so I know people who have commissioned songs for themselves, like people who commission paintings, that kind of yeah. thing. I mean, you're commissioning a piece of art, and generally when you're inspired to pay someone to create art for you, love is not a surprising force behind mm-hmm. that. I mean, that must be fun. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. It's gorgeous. But also pressure, right? Like, I mean, like, yep. shit, this is a love song. And that this mm-hmm. this is supposed to exemplify everything this person means to that person. Yeah. Now make make with the music, Emily. Yeah. Make and, with the music, Leslie. And sometimes it's it's hard. It's really hard. But we uh, we were asked to write this song actually for our friend's mother. So she asked, she commissioned a song about her mother uh, for her mother's birthday. And... She, she, her name's Adeline Phelps. Um, she's a local actor in town and she actually brainstormed a list of ideas, many of which became lyrics in the song. So she's a co-writer on the song and really, um, a tribute to, to motherhood. And a lot of the album has, you know, nature imagery and kind of the strength that we find in nature. And and this song really speaks to that. So it's certainly one of my favorites. Thanks for coming by, Leslie. Oh, thanks for having me. It's the Brian Oak Show. Here's Lily of the Valley by the Champagne Drops.
sky Her hair the gray sea She sings o'er the bone She teaches how to run free Whether you're water or bird Fish or smooth stone Find a true center alone. She leads us all through the wilderness. Hold on tight. We never know what we'll find, but she'll say to you, What a lovely sight. She the push and the pull Looks forward and back She's the pair of blue herons in the photograph And as the storm gathers Thread, heartstring, 